Welcome to the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast, where we break down Bendis' iconic run on Ultimate Spider-Man, issues 1 through 160, and Earth 1610. I'm Zach, and with me as always, it's the gridiron watching, nine iron launching, Prince of Central Indiana. John, how you doing? I'm doing well. That was a pretty good one. You like that, that one? That that probably uh, that puts you back on top. Okay, good. I'm glad you like it. It took me a little while to think of. <laughs> How's it going, dude? Um, it's going well. I am thriving. How are you? That, wow, thriving. It, you yeah. don't hear that every day. Yeah, I well, I just took a nap, so I'm in a good mood. <laughs> I'm thriving, also. I would say. I just Love finished it. extended care, which I which I have to do on Thursdays. So what's that? Oh, it's like um, so like school ends at three thirty, but sometimes the parents can't pick up their kids up till six. So extended care is just like babysitting for two and a half hours. Gotcha. Shyla is the worst day of the like week, that. except then I get to come and pod at the end of it like, and watch Thursday night football. Thursday night football, gotta have that. I'm just imagining you like hooping with these kids. You are imagining seriously. <laughs> that's Knew literally it. that's that's literally like what I what I do. Once it gets down to like where there's not that many kids left, I do. I just go and hoop <laughs> on all these kids. <laughs> and it's Love awesome it. because I don't know if I've mentioned on the pod before, but kids are so bad at sports these days, it seems. Like uh, have I have I said this before? I've been saying it to like multiple people recently because basketball like evals are coming up. Yeah, they're just so bad, Zach. They I, I they can't make a shot. <laughs> These damn kids and their iPads. I'm telling you, I don't want to sound like an old man, but like it's because they're inside all day. <laughs> well, it's it's a sad day in Indiana when the the youth of the cornfields can't drain a three. I mean, that's what we were. We prided ourselves on for generations, and we're losing it. Yeah, but it's a good day in Indiana when I get to hoop on a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's important. Yeah, a little boost a year you go. Yeah, awesome. Oh, um, you already know this, but I feel like I just got to mention it. Ask me what I was doing yesterday. I do I know this? What were you doing yesterday? Oh, I was I was just swinging a few golf clubs. Just oh, a that's few balls. right. Yeah, no big deal. Yeah, you went to a Top Golf knockoff. Yes, um, and I don't I don't know if you want to bleep the name Top Golf. You know, no no free ads or anything like that. But <laughs> call us. We've got some ad space available still. Yeah. Um. Okay. How yeah. to go? Well, Is I want to know. First time golfing. So I took lessons when I was like 10 or 11, but in the years since then, I've probably, I've been to a par three course maybe once and I've been to a driving range maybe once. So I'm like 10 years, no, like 15 years out of like actually practicing golf. But I know like the basics, I know what a good swing is supposed to look like. It just, yeah, it took me a long while to kind of get there. Okay, so how'd it go? Uh, I was, I mean, I was, you know, slicing them a lot. And were you about to say, I want to ask you something? Did I interrupt I, you earlier yeah, when I, you were about to? Okay, so what do you think a good 
drive would be because that's all i was focusing on and i was just using okay. a driver the whole time just going for distance <laughs> trying to keep it straight yeah. and long yeah what do you and think so, is a good... so is everybody so right um okay what's a good number zach it's it's actually funny that you mentioned this if i can derail this for a quick second like i feel like i usually do um because i was just golfing yesterday as well I was actually golfing when you texted me about how you were about golf. I was out on the golf course and I had just thought about this same conversation when you had texted me. Okay. Because I, I feel like I hit my driver pretty well and I, I hit it about like 250. I'll like max out at like 265, maybe if I really pipe one, you know, and that like used to be a good drive and now everyone just hits the ball so damn far it's at least on like tiktok and everything you just see people launching it so well that was posting their low lights on tiktok even yeah i know but even my other buddies who are to be fair better than me at golf they can just hit the ball so far and i i so i don't know i kind of feel like you know technology's gone up so driver distance has gone up but i would say i mean dude i i think i hit, drive the ball very well and i like i said i hit it like 250 so for a first time golfer if you were able to get the ball to 200 yards that'd be fantastic like out of this world i think this is why i'm and never I know play you with did you it, you didn't hit the ball that far already okay so First of all, the course wasn't even that but, but, big. Like, like I said, very like fantastic. It would yeah. be not expected. Like right, it would like peak. The very furthest flag that they had was like 190 yards, and then there was like the the net. So you couldn't even go that far. I I got a good 165 one that I was pretty Dude, proud I, of. I think, that, like, I think that's I think that's great. That won my little bays competition. But I just Let's had go. no frame of reference. I was like, is that actually good on a golf course? And apparently not. But you know what? I was the man yesterday. Dude, it's it's not about the driver. You guys picked up the driver and that's all you hit. But like, it's really all about the second shot, Zach. Because well, I know anybody, my short game wouldn't be can, any better. If you can, it's, it's all about getting to the green. That's important. Right. right that's where you win or lose strokes so so you know maybe next time pick up a seven iron and take a couple swings <laughs> okay i'll do that um, 10 years from now when i go golfing next that's funny you know i have a gift card to top golf maybe you and i should go sometime i had fun there it was a cool place yeah. i mean it wasn't oh, top golf but it's it like no yeah no no free ads yeah <laughs> all right speaking of ads we want to send it over to the better business bureau yes all right Every business says they're better. But the ones that earn and display the BBB seal back it up. It instantly identifies businesses that are committed to operating with integrity, honoring promises, and telling the truth. Makes you wonder why every business doesn't have it. So look for it, because it's looking out for you. That's why it's the sign of a better business. And find a better business anytime at BBB.org. And we're back. We're back. And um, just so just so I don't have to bring this up at the end of the show, and I just saw it in the in the back. But Zach, I know I know when we throw it over to the Better Business Bureau, we're supposed to get right into the episode. But you might see on my board here 
I actually have the fantasy teams written down in my league. And you'll notice up here at the top, it's 2-0. and And then way down here at the bottom, it says 0-2 next to my name. So, and I've lost both of those games in the last minute or even last second of the Monday night football games both weeks. <laughs> hey, hey, John, it, is Owen here? Is Owen available? Oh, my gosh. I'll, for the listeners, I'll be like, Owen who? Owen too. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Wow. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good one. I'm still very, very confident. I actually have a really good team, and I just traded for Cooper Cup. Nice. Yeah, I, I think anyone who overreacts and freaks out and sells their whole roster because like their the team guy starts who traded out Cooper Cup. <laughs> yeah, there are some goobers who overreact. If it's still the month of September, nothing matters. Just let it play out. Things yeah. can get better. Dude, I could start like zero and six, and I'd still be feeling confident. <laughs> like I'm about to roll off a win streak here. That's funny. Um, I've got a, a two and two. Or, sorry. I've got a two and zero, a two and zero, and then a one and one team. So I'm feeling pretty good. I've only lost nice. one game so far across nice. all my leagues. Yeah. Well, Kyle Pitts is having a great year, and I know he's probably on your team and all this. So, you know, career high three receptions the other day. It was enough to beat me. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Let's get into the issue. So, issue fifty-eight. Um, this is what Hollywood part five of six. Yes, I didn't have it written it down. Yeah, so it's written by Bendis, penciled by Mark Bagley, and John. I caught something. This might make us a little sad. I think this is the first issue we've got that wasn't inked by Art to Bear. It's Scott Hanna now. Oh my gosh! If the next issue, Zach, I'm I can't even hold it in. You just said something that made me so like pumped. Because I love Art to Bear, like you, I'm sure. And in the next issue, it's safe to say we got him, okay? And the place that we got him in is 100% in the inks department. So if you're telling me it was not Art to Bear that made that mistake, I'm going to be pretty happy. So when we get to the next one, I'll be curious to look at who who did the art. Yeah, so I don't know if this is just a fill-in or if... Art to Bear is actually off the book at this point. I know he didn't end up sticking around forever, but if if this is a goodbye, then thank you for the memories, Art to Bear. Surely he wouldn't King. have. Surely he wouldn't have just left in like the middle of a run. Like this has to just be like a one or two issue thing, right? I don't know. I, Are you I don't sure think he was realized... in the previous one? Yeah, he was. I checked it. Um, okay. I don't think you realize how rare it is that. A, penciler writer and inker all stuck around for this long for a comics run usually this these things change you know fairly regularly so oh he he had a good run well Um, so you're you are pretty confident he's not coming back it sounds i don't think he's ever going to be the permanent guy again okay oh man okay it was fun it was my favorite art to bear moment was when you pointed out like a shop or something <laughs> in the background that and he put was his like, own name in it to bears. And, and that's when I became a huge fan. I mean, that's wouldn't isn't that what we would all do in that situation? Listen, I, it, it is. 
And I'm sure our listeners can think back to that great pod moment. Yeah. What a legend. (laughs) Anyways, colored by J.D. Smith and lettered by Chris Iliopoulos. So we see... On on the title page you just read, I'm going to point out something that, that kind of upset me. But if you read the part four of six... It's like they give little recaps of all the previous ones. And part four says, a door has burst open on the jet. Doc Ock believes Spider-Man escaped through it before the plane touched down. Well, thanks for spoiling that Spider-Man is clearly still on the plane. I believed he he leapt off it also. But now I know he's still on the plane. So, I don't know, something small that is like, why, why put that in there? You know I'm what's ironic, John, is picker. you now just ruined that for our listeners. Oh, man, you're right. You're right. All right, okay. well, I'm just, you I'm going to get into fa- it. You, you got to do some fancy editing and cut that to the back. Nope, nope, it's staying. I'm putting my foot down. <laughs> okay. All right, so we see that the jet has landed in Sao Paulo, Brazil, and that kind of was funny to me because it's like an inside joke. There's a band called Jets to Brazil. And I was like, Peter was on a jet to Brazil. Anyways. Oh, that is funny. That yeah. is funny. Um, Otto grabs the pilot by his neck and thanks him for flying so well, despite the conditions probably not being ideal. And the pilot reminds Otto that um, he promised to let him go once they landed. And Otto says they need to find Spider-Man first. And the pilot just looks confused and says he jumped out of a moving airplane a hundred miles away. And Otto just says he's out there and starts to lead the pilot out of the plane. And the pilot asks if Otto's going to kill him. And Otto just smiles and says, well, the night's still young. And just then, like John alluded Peter swings through the door of the plane from the inside going out and kicks Otto while saying, and you're still ugly. And he starts beating Doc Ock and continues saying, come on now, that was a good one. You said the night's still young and then I said you're still ugly. You get it? Because you really are ugly. It's funny because it's true. And Peter basically uses his element of surprise to beat the tar out of Otto for a while before Otto gets a good hit in. And when he finally does, he knocks Peter flying. And when Peter stands up, he's face to face with two airport employees. And he starts to joke with them and ask where he's at, but they don't respond and run away. And once they've left, Peter sees a sign behind where they had been standing that says, Area Privado. And Peter realizes he's not in America anymore. And he goes back to fighting Doc Ock and knocks him out. And he says to himself, man, am I in so much trouble when I get home? And just then the Brazilian military shows up and starts pointing guns at Peter and yelling things at him. I I do like that. Um, we have talked before that, like, if Peter ever actually just hit dr octopus the fight would be over because he's just a normal man and peter should be able to knock him out in one punch so i do like that he just beats the tar out of him like without really any difficulty at all it would have been nice if this had happened in one of the other two issues where he was just fighting him nonstop, but whatever yeah 
I guess it it might be interesting to look back through, which I won't do, and <laughs> see if Peter has ever actually gotten hits in on him. Or he if did. arms always stop him. No, I saw it just in like the last week's issues. He was he well, was actually then, getting them. Then he's gotta stop pulling his punches. Yeah. This guy's I, killing people. I said Peter's like uses the element of surprise because there's no other explanation for how wimpy Doc Ock is in this fight versus what? how overpowered he was last week. Yeah, well, I, that's that's what I'm thinking. Peter gets one good kick in coming out the door, and he's just too like scrambled to be able to do anything else. Right is how I is how I look at it. I read it that way too. And then, John, I wanted to ask you this: I don't speak hardly any Spanish. And I definitely don't speak any Portuguese, but I know in Brazil, they're supposed to speak Portuguese. Can you tell? I, I almost thought the things that these airport employees are yelling might be Spanish and we might have got them or it might be Portuguese. And I just don't know the difference. <laughs> I do not know. <laughs> OK, yeah. well, then I think that 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 I did feels I did interesting. Got them there. <laughs> OK. Then I'm just I, as confused I'm not as Peter. Saying it. Yeah. Right. Well, I'm not quite as confused because, you know, no somos a, a toradade, I can tell means like you are not authorized to be here. Or because you know like Spanish. That. Because I know Spanish, but that does not mean that that is Spanish. I, is... Actually, based on, based on, uh, my knowledge, I am not that knowledgeable on this, but based on where I'm seeing some of these, like, what you'd call them above the letters. The squigglies. The, yeah. The accents. Yeah, I would say this is not Spanish, because Spanish has very specific times when you put, like, accents on things, and this has a lot more than than I think Spanish does. Well, I saw so. certain phrases, like what you said, like, no salmos. And I was like, I recognize that that is Spanish, but it could also be Portuguese. Okay. Yeah. Um, so <laughs> Retire sua mascara e identifique So that's got to mean, like, take off your mask and identify yourself. This might be Spanish. I'm reading it pretty well. <laughs> right? That's what, like, I could kind of suss out some of it. And that made me think, do they know that people in Brazil speak Portuguese? I don't Anyways, know. Anyways, <laughs> Peter doesn't know what the hell they're saying and that's what's important and he says i swear i will do whatever you say if you say it in english and like on cue a woman who speaks english comes up to him and says are you really the american spider-man and he tells her yes and explains what's going on and she tells peter he's in brazil and he freaks out and says he's going to barf in his mask which is like the most disgusting thing i could think of he says again. Did he do that once? Yeah, I saw that again, and I was like, "That's the m- most." He troubling says, "I'm going word. to barf in my mouth," and then in like under it, it says again. And yeah, I don't, I, I don't remember that happening. But listeners, if you remember what issue that happened, and point it out, you'll get a, you'll get a pod buck. How about that? <laughs> <laughs> you'll get one pod buck. So the woman uh, turns to the pilot and starts talking to him, and he vouches for Spider-Man and says he saved both of their lives. And he tells Spidey he can fly them both back to New York, no problem. But the woman says, not so fast. They're both under custody until the Brazilian authorities can question them. And this kind of irritated me. She asks 
she asks Spider-Man in English to remove his mask. And he says no and jumps away. He just said he'd do whatever you say as long as it's in English. Did he expect them to let him wear the mask? Interesting. He should have known <laughs> that was coming. He sh- he should have. But also, he was responding to them like, about to shoot him with a bunch of guns. Right. And, and, and now the situation has been more under control. So it's like, I thought you were going to say you were annoyed at her being like, no, you can't go back. You have to stay here and take off your mask. And like, you know, that seems like a normal police officer thing to do. Yeah, I mean, that seems reasonable when they just landed in their country and started fighting on the tarmac. <laughs> yeah. Um, she, uh, so he jumps away and she radios someone and says they need to lock everything down, but sees one plane that was just taking off get airborne. And my thought here was, they're going to tell the plane to turn around. They they can do that. They can say, hey, turn around and make an emergency landing. We we got to look for something. But <laughs> I guess gonna, they did. You're going to think I'm so stupid because my first thought was, and I wrote this in my notes before I went back and erased it, was Peter, Peter jumps away into the plane and then somehow flies it. Did the pilot <laughs> go with him? <laughs> and, and then and then I looked at the next page and I was like, oh, he's he's like he's he's just like hiding away in the plane. It was already taking off. So anyway, I'm kind of a dumbass. No, that's funny. <laughs> um so yeah, we see Peter made it into the cargo hold of the plane and eventually he's shivering because of the and altitude. They don't tell him to turn around, like you said, which which you're right. You would have thought they could have like radioed and been like, Spider Man's on your plane. Yeah. <laughs> um or at least tell the plane, hey, when you land, be ready for this guy to like jump out. Yeah, that's that's true. Um so we see Peter made it into the cargo hold and he's shivering because of the altitude, and he opens up a nearby suitcase and finds a particularly fluffy Hello Kitty sweater to wear over his suit. Okay, Just- so this kind of bothered me. So Peter sees this nearest suitcase. It's got like Hello Kitty stuff in there. And we see his face. He's like, oh my gosh, I can't believe I have to wear this. You don't. There's so many suitcases. Go through a different one until you find like clothes, you know. Okay, John, I hear what you're saying. And I kind of had the same thought, but I don't think we got him. Because oh, we definitely don't got him. It's still like a funny, th- you know. But think about this: how he's cold. He needs like coats and long pants and long shirts. And these people are flying back from Brazil. How much of that do you think they packed? I, I guess I'm just saying it, it looks like he checked one suitcase. He yeah. very well. The scene cuts away and it says like 32 minutes, 142 minutes later. So for all we know, he went through all the suitcases and this was the best one he could find. You're right that that's how it looks. But I do think that's what he does because that, that's what happened. <laughs> when the plane lands, we see a hilarious image of Peter looking like I said, Clark Griswold in the attic scene in Christmas Vacation. <laughs> wow, that's an excellent reference. Oh, I've got some more 80s movies references in this issue. Um, well, I just mean that is exactly what he looks like. And not only that, but that's what I also thought of 
when <laughs> when when he was doing that. I was like, uh, I I was like, oh, this is like when that one guy is in like the genie outfit, you know, when he wears <laughs> a bunch of stuff. Like I didn't like yes. remember what it was or anything, but that's exactly what it was. Yeah. So over his already red suit, he's wearing a purple and yellow plaid shirt, an orange sweater, a baggy green sweater, and Hello Kitty earmuffs. And uh, he reads the luggage tags of um, several of the passengers' bags and realizes the plane is in Atlanta. And he thinks, that's better than Brazil, but I don't need Atlanta. I need JFK or... And before he can finish his thought, he sees a large trunk that's being shipped to Newark, and he climbs inside it. And the luggage handlers complain about how heavy it and, is. And, and if I'm if I'm the only one thinking, like, who cares if it's Atlanta? Just, like, swing over to New York, your superhero. Peter's web slingers were broken by Doc Ock, which they mentioned later on. And I was like, oh, that's why he isn't swinging places. Right. Also, as we've mentioned, New York is like three square blocks, apparently. So I think going from Atlanta to New York would be more swinging than his arms have ever done. Okay, well, he could make it. He's a superhero. (laughs) (laughs) So the luggage handlers complain about how heavy it is. And once it's loaded onto the plane going to Newark, Peter breaks the lock and gets out. And by the time this plane lands, Peter has gotten even more clothes and looks even more ridiculous and now is wearing a heavy coat, purple pants, boots with the furs, and a <laughs> Santa Claus hat. And I thought that's that's a nice this touch. This is a good look. This is a good look. <laughs> well, it's also smart because, yeah, a plane at high altitude is going to get cold. But, like, Brazil and Atlanta are both warm places like year round the closer you get to new york it's probably going to get even colder so yeah you're going to need to put on more silly stuff yeah i think the spider-man outfit with the santa hat is a real nice touch yeah um yeah so this plane lands and uh peter scares the baggage handlers by jumping out of the plane and saying "Ugh, what's that smell oh good i made it to jersey And we see Aunt May getting off her plane from Florida as someone comes over the airport intercom and says, ladies and gentlemen, we are having a security situation and are forced to shut down this side of the terminal. And the woman next to May wonders out loud what kind of security situation. And just then we see Peter, still in his ridiculous clothes, run past them being chased by airport security. Prime comedy. And then... John, I said we get a very Ferris Bueller-esque scene where May is getting in a taxi as Peter is over her shoulder riding on the roof of the bus trying to make it home before her. I said the same thing, Zach. Very Ferris Bueller's day off. I think I've mentioned before, I think like Bendis has an affinity for like the 80s and 80s movies. Like I can't imagine we were the only people who picked up on these references and I can't imagine that they weren't put in there intentionally. I can't wait to talk to you about this uh, this thing next issue where we might got him. <laughs> I can't wait because I don't know what it is. So Peter's jumping from car roof to car roof on the road when he finally notices May in the taxi and realizes he's got to hurry. And at one point, May looks up right where he had been and is startled for a second and then says, nah, 
which I thought was a really good callback to the therapy issue where she said she thinks she sees Spider-Man everywhere. And uh, <laughs> well, she did just see him run past her in the in the airport, right? Right. But yeah, I don't know why she would think that it's it'd be too weird to see him again. But yeah, exactly. That, that, I was thinking that, too. I was like, didn't she already see him? Why? But I she... definitely got the sense that she keeps like thinking she's catching him out of the corner of her eye and she's talking to her therapist about it and she's trying to stop <laughs> it and work through that. And that's what she thinks just happened. Dude, Peter is like ruining her life. <laughs> She's like going insane. Literally... He's legitimately gaslighting this lady. Yeah. But, but this is, I mean, this is like shot for shot Ferris Bueller's day off. Like, oh, you know, absolutely. the mom is like in the car and like thinks she sees him. And then she's like, nah. I mean, it, it's like the exact same thing. Yes. And like John alluded to earlier, Peter thinks to himself, if I had my web shooters right now, I'd already be in bed. And that's, that's just... what I remembered when he didn't, have, he didn't have his web shooters. Yeah. That's just to remind us that he'd never got them back from Doc Ock. And just as Aunt May's taxi pulls up to the door, Peter hops the fence to the backyard, just like Ferris Bueller and starts to go in the basement through the cellar door thinking, I can't believe I did it. And he walks in to himself thinking, as bad as tonight was, the bad guy is down, justice is served, and I'm home. A lot worse could have happened. Why does he always have to say stuff like this? Just don't jinx or it, Peter. Like yeah, exactly. He does it all the time. Jeez. So, of course, before he's even able to finish that thought, he rounds the corner in the basement with his mask off and comes face to face with Gwen, who is crying and has a gun pointed at him. And she says, you did it, didn't you? You're the one who killed my father. Because in the last issue, she found the Spider-Man costume. Yes. Yes. And, Zach, I know we're both upset about this already. But from Gwen's perspective, it's now been, like, hours and hours and hours since that happened, right? Peter got in a big fight in Brazil and um, she's in the same same thing and she's still crying about it and not only that but like her pants are still pulled down to where we can see her thong and we oh my we god they are. last issue and it's like dude it's been like five hours like she should have she, she this this shouldn't she shouldn't look exactly like this now I think it's been longer because it's unclear in this issue, but I think the next issue kind of lays out that the whole Brazil adventure happened like overnight. And then this is the next morning. Yeah. So, so you're right. It's that's, you know, unacceptable. What'd she do? Just stay mad and stay in the basement and, and continue get a gun? crying the whole time. Like, yeah. you know, like, so it's it's almost like it wants us to think that this is just minutes later for her, you know. It doesn't exactly line up, but if you don't think about it, it makes sense. Yeah, it's not that big of a deal. We yeah. didn't get them. It's not that <laughs> big of a deal. <laughs> All right, so John, out of 10 ugly Christmas sweaters on Spider-Man, what do you rate this issue? Okay. 
my rating system I have, that's probably a better one, was mine was out of 10 um, Ferris Bueller days off. Oh, nice. Because uh, he took I multiple days. We only got probably. the movie about the one. Yeah. <laughs> well, the principal says it in the movie. Yeah. Oh, he's been doing this for a while. Cameron yeah. is sick of it. <laughs> um, I I thought this was kind of a goofy one. It did have some some like stuff I liked in it, like Peter really beating up Doc Ock. Um, you know, I I do like where the Gwen and Peter stuff is going, but she shouldn't really think he killed her. She needs to be smarter than this, like because also. It isn't minutes later. She has had like five hours to think about this. So she should be, I don't know, thinking just a little more rationally. Like, uh, so I thought it was just okay. Um, I gave it a six out of 10 ugly Christmas sweaters on Peter Parker. Okay. So I actually, I don't know if it's because I was the one who was taking notes on it. Um, and, kind of interacted with it more intentionally or if it just struck me in the right mood or something. But uh, I'm actually not grading this one kind of in the same way that I grade others because there's not a lot of like, you know, intrapersonal talking. There's not a lot of like character growth or anything. It's just a fun little romp. And you know what? The jokes land well with me and I think they're well-timed <laughs> and I had fun reading the issue. The joke, the joke about, Oh, what smells? Oh, thank God I'm back in Jersey. That's a really good one. I've been to the Newark airport. It's like that. <laughs> you just That's can't funny. wait until you, you know, get into New York. You're like, why am I still at the Newark airport? This sucks. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, just the, the impeccable timing of it all. Um, I, it's an eight out of 10 or eight, eight and a half out of 10 for me. Eight and a half. Okay. Yeah. I I almost feel like maybe um I don't know the whole Ferris Bueller thing it just didn't land for me like really I, I just wasn't I was I, I was just like oh so Aunt May I was like why is Aunt May here why are they like racing home how convenient is this like oh they're doing a Ferris Bueller's thing that's what's going on like oh my gosh, why is this happening? She's supposed to be swinging across the city. Oh yeah, his web shooters are out. Like, It's almost like they took his web shooters out so two issues later they could do this plot contrivance where he doesn't have a way to get home is is almost what it seemed to me. I mean, kind so, of. Yeah, I didn't like it. You I, see that I, as a plot contrivance. I see it as planning ahead. Potato, potato. That's true. That's true. Um, I don't know. Like you, you said the words, it struck you in, in like the right mood. And I'm thinking it just struck me in the wrong one because I could see myself really liking this if I were, I don't know, just like in a, in a different mood or sometimes I didn't really not sure. like it. I just, I just think not that much happened, you know, right. A bunch of issues were spent on this like Ferris Bueller thing that at this point in time, I mean, we've seen that Ferris Bueller scene be parodied a million different times and like a million different things. I feel like, and this was probably one of the first ones to do it. Cause it came out 20 years ago, but I, I almost feel like it's even been parodied in this comic run. We've seen something like it before. But, yeah. The teacher saying 
the exact same like th- droning on that you know all the students oh, are yeah, falling asleep yeah, to. Yeah, so that's a fair. But I meant like him like racing against. I don't know. But whatever. I still th- I still thought it was fine. Still had fun with it. Yeah. Cool. Well, I am done. If we want to get into your issue. Okay, let's do it. Hollywood Part Six. This is not inked by Art to Bear. This is inked by Scott Hanna. So we'll see if if you think Scott Hanna made a mistake or not. Um, we open on Gwen holding a gun on Peter, and he asks where she got it, and she says it was her father's. And she she's kind of yelling at at Peter, but she's like unable to really finish any of her sentences she's she's like spider-man spider-man a man and a spider-man and peter yells back i know but it wasn't me and gwen just kind of keeps saying like a man and a spider before aunt may opens the front door and says hello i'm home and peter kind of taking that moment of surprise snatches the gun from gwen and sort of like grabs her and holds her mouth like you would if you were taking someone hostage and you didn't want them to scream out. Yeah, and I don't really know why he was holding her like that. <laughs> I well, was like, because she's not going to yell for Aunt May. Like, it's, I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, she kind of yelped, like, just out of the surprise of the moment. Yeah, the surprise of being grabbed and having your mouth, like, covered is, is it would make me yell. <laughs> it's not a good look, but also she's, acting very unpredictably and she had a gun on him like yes so um he says listen to me i didn't kill your father i didn't and he's kind of still holding her his hand over gwen's mouth and he's he says that he is spider-man but of course he'd never kill anyone that's like the opposite of why he spider-mans all the time and he was with her the entire day her dad died he was with her when she found out her dad died. So how could he have been in Atlantic City and with her at the same time? And he begs Gwen to believe him. And he lets Gwen go. And she just kind of looks at him and then sprints out the hatch to the basement door. Which, have we really even explained that it's the basement, but you can come in through a door as well. Yeah, it's a, the like cellar a tornado door. shelter or something. Yeah. yeah, they have used it several times before. Mary Jane comes in and out of it all the time, and that's like how he yeah. sneaks her over. And that was the yeah. first time Gwen came to their house and was like thinking about killing herself. Um, she like knocked on his cellar door. Yeah. Um. So she runs out that, and Aunt May calls to them again, and Peter kind of calls back and then quickly changes into just normal clothes and comes back upstairs and says he fell asleep at his computer. And this is the first time in in the last issue, Peter mentioned that his face was swollen, but this is the first time I've noticed it, but his face is pretty swollen from getting his tooth removed. He looks like one of the dogs that swallows a bee. It's like too swollen. (laughs) But I've also never got a tooth forcibly yanked out of my mouth before. So, uh, but yeah, the dog that swallows a bee. That's a good, that's a good mental image of what it looks like. And Peter is now laying in bed because Aunt May was like, you are not going to school. You need to go to the dentist. And, and Peter's like, I agree. 
And so now he's laying in bed sleeping. I'm guessing this is like the next day. Like he's been to the dentist and this is the next day or something. But we don't really know for sure. Yeah, we have a hard time telling like how much time has passed in these issues. Yeah. It feels like there should be like a little indication. Later that like Peter could have just like gone up to take a nap. Or it could be like the next day and he's been to the dentist. I'm not sure. To me, I think it's the next day. Only because Mary Jane says she was like sitting in school worrying. And that makes me... But but she also could have been worrying because he missed the day when he was in Brazil. So, so I yeah, think I never figured know. out the timeline. I think the battle at the movie set was like a Sunday, right? And then okay. he gets on the plane sometime Sunday. And I think where they lose us and it's like... This is all based off of things the characters have said. I don't think a plane could go to Brazil and then another plane could come back and have a layover in Atlanta and be back like Monday morning. But apparently that's what they want us to think. And then it seems like this was he slept through Monday. Aunt May called him out of school. He slept through Monday. And then this is like Monday evening. And Mary Jane so, like, is coming over after, after school. He went to the dentist. Like he yes. went to the dentist and now Mary Jane. That's what I would have assumed also. But it's like okay. been 24 hours since this whole series of events started. Yeah. It's a tough day. And let's see. MJ comes in and kind of like taps him on the shoulder to wake him up. And it startles him. And he kind of pushes her off the bed before he knows what's going on. And then he obviously realizes it. it's MJ. And she tells him that everything with Doc Ock has been on the news all day and still is. And it seems like her face is back to being excited about being Spider-Man's girlfriend. Did, did you notice that at all? It it varies, man. I mean, sometimes she's worried. Sometimes she thinks it's it rules. I'm... I can't <laughs> keep track of it anymore. Neither can I. And, and you know, she's a teenager, so she probably changes by the day. Right. Maybe it is. Maybe that's realistic. Yeah. Um, and the news says that Doc Ock was apprehended by S.H.I.E.L.D. Thank God. And <laughs> that'll last. Yeah. And Peter tells MJ about the situation that happened with Gwen. And he's like, I don't know how she found out. She must have put it together. And MJ's like, oh my gosh, I might have like kind of, I don't know. I've kind of forgot that they even did anything, but MJ's like, oh, Spider-Man was on the news and I think I was acting weird and maybe she put two and two together. And I don't think that's what happened. Oh, that's 100% what happened. I think Gwen was already putting it together. And and I think Gwen was suspicious. I don't think she was on the what if Peter Spider-Man like thought line until MJ acted weird. And then that led her to investigate in his basement and crack open the chest where she found the suit. I think before okay. then she was just thinking what's going on, but for all she knew, maybe it involved her, you know, not Peter. I, I don't think that she ever thought about Spider-Man at all. I think she just knew something was going on with Peter and 
she wasn't i think when she cracked open the case and it was the spider-man costume i don't think she had any idea that that peter was spider-man before that happened like i don't even think it was on her radar she was just like peter has been gone all day and something weird is going on there's like agents and mj just ran out of here i need to go snoop around his basement and find out what's going on right but anyway you slice it mj acting weird was the inciting event uh i not the inciting event it was maybe the straw that broke the camel's back the inciting event you know she was already like suspicious of stuff i think the agents she knew something was going on right I don't know. That's what that's what I'm saying, but she ha- wasn't drawn to act in any way until she saw Mary Jane run out. Okay. Okay. Well, and and so Peter's like, "Oh man, how could you?" And then Gwen is at the door and she is saying the same thing basically I was just saying, which is that like Gwen is smart. She's like, "I'm smart. I was going to figure it out. Don't be too hard on Mary Jane, you know." Which is true. She was going to get there eventually. And Gwen is, she's kind of like, she tells Peter she she knows she didn't, he didn't kill her father. She's sorry she spazzed out and, you know, she'll never betray his trust or his secret after all the things that he and Aunt May have done and all the things that he has done for, like, all the people in the city as Spider-Man. And Peter and MJ tell her that it's okay because they're all total spazzes. And then... Gwen, MJ, and Peter all kind of like lay on the bed together with MJ's head in Peter's lap. And Gwen is kind of talking about how everything makes sense now, why Peter's flaking all the time. And they're just kind of joking around. MJ says he's always been like that. And then Gwen tells Peter that she wasn't going to shoot him. And Peter says he already knew that because of his spider sense. And Gwen says that's so cool. And Peter agrees before adding, don't tell anybody. What do you think of this whole scene? I I just I just love it. I just I just want them to all be best friends. That's exactly how I feel. That's this is like the essence of what I love about this book. Like the superhero stuff is great, the Spider-Man stuff is great, but it makes you feel something about like all of these characters and when things are going right and you get these really human moments with them, it's like you're with your friends. I mean, it's just they're so well written yeah yeah and there's some really nice panels of them like all lying on the bed and it's just very cute and the body language is very like teenagers hanging out with their best friends that they're comfortable with it's it's like so real you feel like you're there you know they're just so relaxed and they feel like real people you know even the minor characters in this book quote unquote minor the people that whose names aren't on the title, like they are fully realized, developed people. Yeah. And also during this scene, I, I think we got them. What'd we get? Because if we look back through the shirt that Peter's wearing in this whole issue, it, it says something that we never can really read. But when they're laying on the bed, we can see it clearly enough that it says like B-U-H and then something the rest of the way that we can't read. And then it says lives again, again, again. 
which I did think was maybe like Bueller lives, like Ferris Bueller, because there was like Save Ferris, you know, it was like a Ferris Bueller thing, Save Ferris. So I was thinking, oh, maybe this is like Bueller lives, sure. And it's like a, a I don't think it is, because that's not how Bueller's spelled. It's not B U H. Ferris Bueller's B U E. So I don't know what that shirt is, but the reason we got him is because in the previous panel where we can see Peter's full shirt, there is nothing on the shirt. And I know it's small, Jack, but it bounces back and forth a lot in this issue when they want to draw what's supposed to be on his shirt and when they just leave it blank as a blank t-shirt. You're right, because I'm seeing other panels where it's blank. Yeah. So so we did get them. It's small. Put put the siren in. <laughs> wheel, wheel, wheel. In in post. <laughs> um I was f- focused on the shirt too because I was trying to figure out what it says and there's really no way that you would ever know. And I what I think happened was this is probably based on a shirt that someone who was working on the issue actually owns or was wearing that day or something. Because it's just so specific. It's not like in the past where we've seen something and it's just it just says like Green Day. You know? It's Yeah. He's wearing a shirt that's based off of a real know. shirt. Okay. I was wondering if maybe it was gonna be some punk thing that you were gonna tell me what it was. No, but, I have no clue. Um, so whose fault is that? Is this not Art to Bear's fault, or is this like the letterer because he didn't like letter in the No, what, the what letterer works inside the bubbles. I'm thinking this would either be the penciler or the inker, because we know oh, there have so been times inker. where Art to Bear inked something like when he put his name. I would have thought normally that would have been a penciler's job, but I think because it was only in color, it was him. So this is hard to tell if it's Bagley or Hannah. Is it Hannah? The new guy's Hannah. Yeah. Hannah Barbera. <laughs> <laughs> it It is Scott Hannah Barbera. Yep, it is. Yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. So we then cut to uh, a, what looks like a Stark Industries like power plant. You know, it's it doesn't look like a big piece of technology. It looks it looks like a shitty power plant, I think. And we know that because it says Stark Industries on the side. Yes, yeah. And Nick Fury and like a million shield guards are there. And Otto Octavius is kind of hung up like on a stretcher, but like standing. And he's just completely like wrapped up, like wrapped around. So he can't. It's like Hannibal Lecter. Yes. Yes. And. Fury asks him if he remembers him, and he tells Otto that it was his decision to keep the arms intact to be studied by the S.H.I.E.L.D. scientists. And, Zach, I never thought I'd see the day, but Fury says that that decision was a mistake. And I don't know if he says it or not. I bet I could look, but he might say it's a mistake that he's not going to make again. But if you're about that name... But if he doesn't say it, the implication is definitely there. Nick, you sure you don't want to try and lock (laughs) them up next to him a few more times and just see what happens? It might work, you know. You haven't tried all the ways. Well, well, you know, to play devil's advocate, it's a cool thing to study. Somehow, Doc Ock is controlling these metal things with his brain. Yeah. Something needs to be studied. (laughs) 
Um, but that's how I'll see. I'd make a, I'd make a great shield scientist with bad decisions like that. <laughs> so Fury says he's drugged up auto enough that he can't control the arms, but he's still conscious enough to see what's about to happen. Now, how and, the hell do you know that, Nick? That's about to say the same thing. It's like, do they have a lot of experience with people that can control them? He needs this amount of brain power to control them. Yeah. That's the exact thing I was... If the arms had... We see an image of the arms being, like, strung up. And I promise, if right after that line, the arms just attacked everybody, it would have been amazing. That would have been hilarious. Perfect. Well, the you got to think they have totally uh, ruined like any secure protocol they could have done this with by bringing Otto there Into just the on the arms. off chance the that they're wrong with his arms, and they're only doing it out of spite because they're like, we want you to see this. It's like, and it's pretty awesome. It's pretty it is awesome. pretty awesome. Uh, just film it. <laughs> Show him the film of it later. Not the same. Give him some baby aspirin and knock him out enough that he can't control these things. Um. So, so Fury says he wants him conscious enough to see what's about to happen, and then Fury looks into the distance and he says, "Do it." And Otto kind of gasps, "No." And Fury just looks at him coldly and says, "Yes." <laughs> and then we see the arms dropped into some fire stuff that I can only describe as it looks like how you'd like drop something into a volcano right what what it's these like, are like molten vats or something yeah it's like bubbling fire yeah <laughs> it's like the star wars planet kind of that they've had the light that do you, are you star wars at <laughs> it's all over that? anakin i have the high ground yes it's like that it's like that planet um and we see them yeah so they get dropped in and Otto starts screaming as if he's like in pain for the arms and he begs them to stop saying it was me. It wasn't them. It was me, which I think is really stupid. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's just goofy, but it's, but it, I don't know. Is it realistic? Would, would Otto Octavius do that? Is a man feeling pain through arms that are <laughs> metal that he's not attached to anymore? Be realistic. I don't think so. In this universe. Yeah. So that brings up a whole nother point, Zach. Is Otto crazy when he's talking to these arms and he's or is he actually like communicating with them? He can feel them. So there's he can control them from a distance. So there's some sort of communication there. I think he can maybe sense some stuff through them, but He's just talking you to himself. Yeah, you can't say the arms are sentient because that kind of gives him an out, you know? At that point, he's not necessarily the one directing himself to do all these heinous acts. He was, like, told by someone else, you know? Yeah. He, well, he says the exact opposite because he says it was me. It was not them. He's saying whatever he thinks will get them to reach down with the claw and pull him out. Um, And they don't do that the the claws i would have assumed completely melted into whatever except that as nick fury is walking away he tells the guards to keep an eye on where the arms were dropped for a while just in case 
how how are how would they not be like melted sludge by now? I think they are. Are I they? Think... Is this the last we see of the arms for this comic run, Zach? Well, okay. I'll say this. Okay. <laughs> There's other types of metal, you know? There's other ways to construct metal arms. So so these arms are done for. They're oh yeah. Well then I kinda wish Fury hadn't said that last line. It just it just takes a little bit of power away from this like for lack of a better term, big dick move that Nick Fury has done in front of Otto for him now to go to his guard and be like, keep an eye on this just in case, <laughs> just in case. Let's make sure that... Right. I get what you're saying, yeah. You don't want him to look unsure or a little scared or like he's second guessing. Exactly. Exactly. You're Nick Fury. You just melted these arms in like a volcano. They're done. Yeah. Um... So four months later, the Spider-Man movie has come out pretty soon. For a that's movie impossible. That's, that just There's no movie. way. No way. Maybe back in two thousand and one, they no way. Quicker, but and um, it has one of the biggest box office openings in history. Zach, did you happen to look up if the numbers they said matched the Spider-Man n- numbers that actually came out in the tote in the first movie? Oh, I didn't think to. Spider-Man movie opening weekend let's see real fast uh i it's given me spider-verse i don't feel like looking it up it said it was 176 mil that sounds about right so if any viewer wants to look that up and let us know then let us know but uh it was one of the biggest movie openings ever and it's partly because of the realistic fights between doc ock and spider-man and we see kong at school and he's like the most popular person in the school now because he was in the movie. And he's like really hamming it up. He's like, oh man, Toby Maguire was super down to earth. <laughs> like, and um, before he turns to Peter and MJ and he asks if they've seen the movie yet, and Peter scowling back tells him that he doesn't even have the money to buy a ticket. And Kong, seeming really friendly, I think. I think Kong still just wants to be a part of this friend group. He's like, oh, well, I hope you guys get to go see it. And Peter's, like, really angry. And he's like, yeah, I heard it's awesome. And he's kind of being a dick. (laughs) You know what I wonder? I wonder if Kong still believes Peter is Spider-Man. Or if he was, like, actually convinced that he was wrong about that. Because that, that, that is, colors that is, the way he interacts with Peter a lot, and we don't really have is, a sense. I wish that that was something I had thought of, only because when you bring stuff like that up, my brain is always like, wait, so does this mean that this is going to come back up? Because Zach knows this entire story. But that is a really interesting thing to think about, that I I bet he does. I bet Kong is still like, I still think this guy's Spider-Man. And all of these little, like, there's no other, I was sitting there looking at this panel of Kong asking them if they'd seen it. And I was thinking to myself, why would Kong ask them if they've seen it? Kong is in the middle of 10 people who are all trying to talk to him. The only people not, the only people not paying attention to him are Peter, MJ, and Gwen, who are sitting at a different table. Why would Kong just be like, 
hey, have you guys seen Peter, MJ, he calls him by name. Peter, MJ, have you guys seen the Spider-Man movie yet? And I did even say he seems to be like pretty friendly to them and everything. And I, I, I bet you that that is, that is what he's thinking. He's like, and this response Peter gives probably doesn't shake it off at all. Cause he would be like, yeah, of course, Peter would be upset that there's a Spider-Man movie out. Yeah. Now let me ask you this. Does it make him seem less of a good guy? Like maybe less sincere for asking this if he does suspect peter spider-man or do you think it doesn't matter it makes it seem more sincere you think so you don't think he's like trying to butter up the real spider-man that he knows is right over there dude i think i don't know maybe i'm like giving him the benefit of the doubt but the way i read this whole scene was right i said right away i think kong wants to be friends with these guys you know that's why he asked them at the he's like you know, he does have all these people surrounding him trying to talk to him and he wants to talk to Peter, Gwen and MJ, you know, so I don't know. I mean, maybe he does want to be friends with him because he he thinks he's Spider-Man, but also maybe he's like, man, Gwen, Peter and MJ look really shitty about this Spider-Man movie that I'm talking about. Like, they, I don't know. I don't know. I think Kong's a good that's dude. That's another thing. Gwen's already blown up about Gwen him being in the movie. Gwen has tried to stab him. I did. I did remember that. Well, she I tried. Was like, that was that was one thing. But I was like, because I was like, Kong only Kong didn't even mention Gwen. They're all sitting together, and he's like, Peter, MJ, what do you think of the Spider Man movie? And I was like, Oh yeah, Gwen like held a knife to him, <laughs> and she also was the one who said, Oh, is there a scene where they killed my dad? That's to, right. To him. That's right. So he's already got That's the mental right. note. He's like, yeah. got it. Do not no, bring no, up no, the Spider-Man movie Gwen, with Gwen. Go, even so though I know she's... Her friends that are sitting right next to her. <laughs> even though I know she's living with the guy who's Spider-Man, but I don't know what the situation is there, so I'm going to keep my head out of it. Gosh, I don't know. That, there's so much going on, I don't think Cog has thought that far. <laughs> <laughs> well... I think, I mean, there's got to be a reason why, like, in the early, early issues, he was the first person to figure it out. Like, he thinks about more than we give him credit for. That's true. That's Why Why did he think Peter was Spider-Man? Who did he tell that to also? Because I'm Peter like... could dunk. <laughs> like, that was it, I think. And broke the desk. <laughs> Dude, like the stuff that you and I called Jesus obvious is Spider-Man. <laughs> Although, honestly, if you did, there's like that scene in the Andrew Garfield movie where not only does he dunk, but he leaps like 20 feet through the air and dunks. And I'm like, Spider-Man. <laughs> he does like a 360 windmill. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. And there's also a scene like that in John Tucker Must Die, where John Tucker puts on a thong, and then he's able to, like, dunk like that. And he's like, it's just super comfortable, guys. I don't know what to tell you. And then all the guys on the basketball team put on thongs, and they can all, like, dunk. That I is, promise that's a real scene from a that movie. That is funny. <laughs> have you tried it, bro? I can't say I have. Maybe I'd be able to dunk. <laughs> Maybe it'd work. Yeah. All right. Um... Do do you, we have a ranking system for this issue? Um, okay, I do have a ranking system for this. We always give Shield a bunch of shit for making bad decisions. 
and they admitted their mistakes in this one and they made a good decision to destroy the arms. So I felt like we should write this out of 10 good shield decisions. Uh, that haven't existed yet, but theoretically could. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, what What do you mean by that? What? This was like their first good decision oh, yeah, in the history yeah, of yeah, the organization. Future good shield decisions. Yeah, yes. these obviously can't be past good shield decisions. Right. Um, okay, I dig it. What do you what do you give it? Um I liked this one a lot. Uh I gave it an eight out of ten good shield decisions. I almost gave it an eight out of ha- eight and a half and then I pulled back. Yeah. Okay. I think I'm gonna give it a nine out of ten good shield decisions. The <gasps> shub happens once an episode, <laughs> folks. Uh almost entirely on the strength of the scene where the three of them are talking in his bedroom and just how cute and heartwarming it is. And then um, the scene where they destroy Doc Ock's arms. Cause it's like, that feels good for a completely different reason. It's like vindication yeah. and revenge. Yeah. Um, and then the Kong and then the Kong scene at the end is also great. And that's the whole issue is those three scenes basically with like the only well, other and the gun. Like Aunt May stuff. No, that was the last one. No, that was the beginning of yours. Er, yes, you're right. And then he goes and runs an AMA. And that's like the worst part of this issue. That's probably the only part that, that takes it down a little bit. Is... But even then, I mean, it was a good cliffhanger from the last issue, and it went exactly yeah. how you were expecting it to go, you know? Yeah. Um. Yeah, this was so, yeah. a good one. Okay, I'll Nine bring it back ten. up to eight and a half out of ten. I always feel like you are going to rate things harsher than I do. So I usually tick my stuff down like it, like it. And like I, that's did what I today. did for this one. Today you rated both of them higher than me. I genuinely enjoyed both of these issues. This was yeah. like a very pleasant read. Yeah, this second one, this second one was great. Yeah, cool. So you got anything else? Um, no, I don't have anything else. Okay. I'm sorry to say you'll have to carry us. All right. Sounds good. So there was something I did want to address. You guys know, you know, if you write in, you know, we'll read it. So we got a comment that said, hey, guys, love the podcast. Uh, Don't really comment a lot. But for this episode, I had to because, okay, this is this is kind of two part issue. And I'll I'll address both of them. This guy says, um, I see some flaws with your logic that the movie directors would they wouldn't know if Spider-Man was a white guy or not because uh, his costume has ripped at various points and people have seen his skin. I was telling John before we started recording, I still think they wouldn't know in the early 2000s because today it's easy to say everyone is just pulling out their phones and putting that on social media, right? But back when these issues were being made, I think if Peter's you know, costume ever ripped and people saw his skin, it like the 20 people that were nearby and saw it are the ones who know he's white. And it's not like that video is going to be on the news that night, you know? So I don't think the, the makers of the Spider-Man movie realized it. That's a good point. And I initially, I actually did think that, that, Oh, this, this guy's, probably right like i was like uh you know he's, he's probably right spider-man suit has ripped one first things first 
I don't even remember having this conversation from a couple episodes ago. I had the comment and I was like, did we talk about this? <laughs> um, but then I was like, yeah, his, his suit probably has ripped. So we probably would have seen that. But, but I do, I do think I agree with your point, Zach, that people didn't have phones with internet access immediately, you know, back in 2000. So, and I bet, I, I bet if we look back how many times he's like, really been seen by people with his suit ripped i imagine it wouldn't be that many times but it's not something i'm gonna go back and look at and also maybe i bet a lot of them read, maybe on the second read podcast yeah the can, second read ultimate spider-man where john catches everything he missed the first time yes um also i'm realizing a lot of the people who were around him in those situations are probably like cops and shield agents who aren't just like talking about it to the media you know yeah. Um, okay. What the, was our other issue? Yeah. Well, the other point um, was they said, uh, "Love you guys and the podcast, but feel a bit left out because you guys are on the left and I'm on the right, and you guys say a bunch of things that I don't really agree with too much." And I was wondering if you could just tone it back a bit more so both parties can love the podcast equally. I don't like talking about politics too much, and I wish it was just a little bit more politically neutral. So I am going <laughs> to respond to this as a communication major. I don't believe there's such a thing as an apolitical way to interact with media. And especially when you look at like the superhero genre where key themes are are stuff like identity and what does it mean to be good and bad on like an institutional level and what is justice and how do you help people? These things just naturally come up with a writer like Bendis. These things just naturally come up. There's literally no apolitical way to talk about the ultimates. And it makes sense. This is just kind of in the fabric of what we're dealing with. And I, I think you'll hear if you listen to us enough, John and I say negative things about politicians of, all parties both u.s parties for sure yeah i i honestly think regardless of your beliefs you know the people who are seeking out power are usually the ones who deserve it the least and i mean i'll be consistent with that across the board and i don't really think there's like you know the left way to look at this or the right way to look at this we're looking at it as we interpret what the author was doing and what the, we are supposed to take out of the story and sometimes that inherently leads to political places. And so I, you know, appreciate your comment. Thank you for listening. I just wanted to say moving forward, we're we're going to continue to <laughs> talk about things in ways that we feel, you know, ca fully captures what the issue is saying and fully captures our feelings about it. Yeah. Um, I do really appreciate like anybody commenting in, you know, and telling a friend and, uh, and anything like that because we do read them all and we talk about them all like we're doing now but zach you said something that i think it would be like my biggest point which is like there is no media on the planet that's apolitical it just right. doesn't exist so right. you know i could look at anything and and you know the author of it is trying to tell us something about the way they view the world when they're making whatever they're making like and 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 that's political right there the way you view the world like so it's just 
Right. Sometimes it does come through automatically. You know, sometimes we, we probably get into it a lot. Like maybe on Labor Day, we might have been like, I, I don't know, not talking about the issue and talking about politics. So I get it. But, you know, we also talk about other stuff like sports and fantasy football and, you know, probably significantly and, more and, than and, we and, and, talk and about so, politics. And <laughs> Zach also said one thing. He does all the editing. And he was like, every political conversation we have where we talk politics at all, I usually cut out like 90% of it. So if you think we talk about politics too much on the pod, you should listen to the unedited version. <laughs> and you know what? I mean, I I truly hope you keep listening to us. We love having 100%. you. Oh my um, gosh, yeah. Sometimes, you know, hearing a different perspective can, you know, it can be helpful. Like, yeah. John, you would not believe this, but when I was in high school, I was the president of my teenage Republicans club. It's that's it's right there in my yearbook, you know, and it's like, I uh, how how did I go <laughs> from that to where I am today? I I talked to people who had other opinions, and I you know learned to think about things differently, and it was I th I think it was a good thing for me. There you go, boom. Thank you everyone who comments <laughs> yeah and shares your opinion um zach you got anything else i don't have anything else just excited to watch some thursday night football i know i was about to say i can't wait to see uh see who what the score is i'm sure christian mccaffrey will have gone off by now i'm playing against greg kittle and the 49ers defense this week if anyone wants to know Who's going to blow up this week? <laughs> who you're rooting for. Now, who yeah. do you have money on? Because that's really what matters. So have you ever heard of no free plugs, but like underdog fantasy or anything? Yeah. It's, it's, it's not really like betting on the lines or anything as much as it's like, you can just put like some player prop parlays together and yeah. you know, it's like easy to do and, and it's just kind of fun. So, so I think I've got, I, I've got some stuff on, like, I, I think Lamar Jackson is probably in for a big passing game against the Colts. Generally, we allow QBs to, to go off on us, I think. And uh, so I think that's coming. I have, like, I have like a, a better two where that's, like, parlayed in there. Lamar Jackson's over on passing yards. Because of that, I think I have one with, like, an Andrews over and one with the Zay Flowers over. And then I just have some other stuff like Bijan Robinson going over his prop, Tony Pollard, CD Lamb, just some guys with some good matchups that you know, should should go over. Are you worried about that tropical storm coming through Baltimore? I I couldn't have even told you if the game was home or away, Zach. So. Yeah, yeah, it's away, and they're going to be probably playing in a monsoon. That's that's how, you know what. When when I bet on the over passing yards, I could have guessed some shit like that was going to happen. That tells you how in tune I am with the betting markets. <laughs> you know, it might not happen. What are the weathermen now? Dude, the, the, I still think, even so, I still think the Colts' defense is not very good. And where we are better is against the run, I think, than against yeah. the pass. So and we'll as we all know from last the week, number, John has no to, problem betting me, against the Colts. It's probably my most my most bet thing. It's probably whoever's playing the Colts just bet on them to go off. <laughs> there is um, a strategy to that if you're going to say you like the Colts, to where either 
you're you're rewarded with your team winning or you're rewarded with money. But it sounds I, like I you wouldn't even that. care about the team winning. I don't. I usually, yeah, no. We talked about this last week. I'll be salty with the Colts forever. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay. Well, I don't have anything else. Uh, should I? Should I take us out? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. Thank you to Ian Hickey for the music and Alyssa Seaman for our artwork. And thank you all for listening and leaving us a review or a comment. Um, you know, Zach and I were just talking about some like bonus episodes that that could be fun to do. Um, so if you guys have any ideas for that that you might want to listen to, then let us know. And you can find us on the First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast on Spotify or Apple Music or anywhere you listen to podcasts. And you can leave us a message on Instagram at First Read Podcast. Send us an email at firstreadspidey at gmail.com or find us on YouTube, First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast at First Read Ultimate Spider-Man podcast. See you next week.